Tapes and Scouts, a podcast where two friends review every single movie they watch. We're here. We are. We're here in person. Live. Yay. Thank you. Thank you. We're all beautiful. Not you. But everyone else. Yeah, that's you all broke quarantine to be here, and we appreciate yeah. it. Yeah, I don't know who let the Yago in, but hmm. you know, whatever raises everybody else's stock. They're all wearing masks. I will say that. Yeah, yeah, no, which is good. But Wear they, your masks. But they did spit on each other earlier. It kind of defeated the purpose. Well, they mailed the spit. That was the thing. They mailed the spit, yeah. so it took a couple days. Yes, it was a whole big setup thing. I okay, know, I know you don't really look at the emails, but no, I don't. It was a whole big thing. Yeah, electronic mail. Yeah. I know. What? Uh, that's why we had to mail the spit. It wasn't that you insisted that there was real mail involved. So. That's right. Well, you got to help out the post office. You already had to lick the envelope, so it's really I love not glue. that bad. Yeah. I love glue. Mm-hmm. I'm all about glue. Yeah. Kids. Why not? Glue. The- <laughs> uh, no? 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 What's our producer saying? No. No. All right. Well, I guess I'll reel it back in. Is there a fishing reel? What's no. this do? That is Dan chit-chatting about how this board works. Is it really? It is. He's That's, testing how to how to record things into is, the sound. Still going? This is fantastic. No, it was just a couple seconds. You probably probably couldn't even really hear it. Oh, there he is again. Yeah. Hi, Dan. <laughs> Thank you for the cameo. Yeah, you made it, buddy. You did it <laughs> in a very very social distanced way. Yeah, look at you. Got yeah. chatty Kathy over here. All right, well, it's time to talk about movies. Whoa. Uh, Max, I think. I have to go first again. Please do. Because mine ends on a down note. Uh-oh. Okay. Then, yeah, you should go first because, oh, wait, mine ends on a down note, too. Well, get ready to feel all kinds of terrible. Sorry, it's everybody. Tapes and Scowls. But before I make you feel quite awful about yourselves, I'm going to endear myself to Canada. Hmm. I've been trying. I think I got it because I reviewed the tourist board to Canada told me I should watch this movie. It's Canadian Bacon. Ooh. From 1995. Okay. And I, I think that was misinformation because I don't think Canada would love this movie. No. I watched this on um, the 12th of March, apparently. Hmm. Feels like a lie. Uh, IMDb <laughs> minutes, one hour, 31 minutes. This whole review is a lie. It's all a lie. It's genre's comedy. It only got comedy. It's like, we're not doing nothing else. Mm. Just funnies. Yep. Directed by Michael Moore. Oh, that's interesting. It is. is that it, Michael Moore? It's that Michael Moore. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. I did not I, know that. I did not either. So I'm watching this and I'm like, huh. Starring John Candy. Mm-hmm. Alan Alda mm-hmm. and Rhea Perlman. Yep. Uh, besides crime movies that I'm going to be watching a bunch of, Alan Alda has shown up in like six movies I've watched. But not a bad thing at all. No, but it's like, did I just pick the six movies he was in? Like, you know, he doesn't show up that often. Not that often, but no. still, it's always a pleasant surprise. It is, and he's great in this. So your IMDb movie summary, the U.S. president, which is Alan Alda, mm-hmm. low in the opinion polls, gets talked into raising his popularity by trying to start a Cold War with Canada. Yep. Your bullet points. Canada is super nice and doesn't acknowledge the war. Mm-hmm. Cameos by Stephen Wright as a Mountie and Dan Aykroyd as a cop. Yes. Absolutely rock. Mm-hmm. They are hilarious. Stephen Wright as a just full-dressed Mountie. I loved every second of it. His voice is just magic. Yes. His style of comedy and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, Alan Alda, very good as the president. And Kevin Pollack shows up. He's also really good as a White House aide. I forgot about that. Yeah. Kevin Pollack is in this. Wow. He's, you can forget about Kevin Pollack. He's cool. He's good. Oh, he's very cool. He does a great Christopher Walken impression. Yeah. A lot of people do. <laughs> yeah. His is very good. I quote his all the time. Yeah. No, he is pretty good. Yeah. But Kevin Pollack shows up, everybody. Hey. And he's actually a pretty big role in this. Nice. Basically, this movie is just... 
silly and like John Candy and Rhea Perlman and uh, a couple others are up on, uh, I guess it's like Maine. I don't know exactly where they said they were. I forget. But near Canada and they were patrolling the border and he's a cop and they're really awful human beings at the at the end at the end of the day. It's cool. But uh, they start believing the propaganda and they get all the guns and they're like, we're going to go invade Canada and they get themselves a boat and they do just that. And Canada, even though they see them walking in with all these guns, are like, hey, what's that all about there? Eh? Yeah. And they don't they don't even they're like, hey, you can't litter. You know, it's like drops like a bullet casing or something. So cool. Hey, pick that up there. I loved it. Yeah, I was very interested once I found out it was Michael Moore. I was yeah. like, that's crazy. I agree. I guess he feels a certain way about Canada. Let's start that rumor. Yeah, sure. But if you want a stupid kind of humorous kind of slant on politics, here you go. This is for you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's probably one of the later Candy movies. I think that's fair. That and, like, Wagons East, I think, was his last one, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. But, you know, John Candy, if you never really got into John Candy, uh, kids, get into him. He great. Camp Uncle Candy. Bob. Remember Camp, Camp Candy? Camp Candy. He had a yeah. cartoon. Yes, he did. So let's get to these here scores, eh? Mm-hmm. IMDb score, 6.0. Okay. Rotten Tomato Critics. 14 critics, they all lent 1% to this. Okay. As we discussed, that's how percentages work. Yes. 14%. That's surprising. Oh, yeah, that's bad. Yeah. This movie's not that bad. No, you I don't You don't have remember. to love it, but like that's not the right story. I don't remember it being that bad. It's not. Yeah. It really isn't. If I didn't like this movie, which I did, it would get more like a 40% or yeah. 35 Some not 14 Yeah. I don't get that. Uh, the audience score, they gave it 52% out of 34,000 people. I give it a 5.5. Yeah. It's watchable and it skews, you know, more for somebody who enjoys a lot of humor. That's fair. Yep. What you got, fool? I have a newer movie. Newer? Newer than 95? Yes. What? 2019. They kept making them? Joker. Ooh. I watched this in January. I finally got over the hurt that was the end of my year, so I was able to watch <laughs> new movies again. There you go. It is two hours and two minutes long. It is a drama. It was directed by director of old school, Todd Phillips. Yeah, that was uh, interesting. Yeah. Speaking of interesting directors of films, mm-hmm. <laughs> starring Joaquin Phoenix, Robert De Niro, and Francis Conroy. IMDb movie summary. In Gotham City, mentally troubled comedian Arthur Fleck is disregarded and mistreated by society. He embarks on a downward spiral of revolution and bloody crime. This path brings him face to face with his alter ego, the Joker. Call me the Joker. <laughs> Call me the joke I love. <laughs> Bullet point thoughts on this movie for me. <laughs> I feel like I missed the hype train on this film. Ah, uh, yes. Everybody loved this movie. For everybody I talked to, everybody I know, for the most part, loved this movie. I think you've seen it, right? I have. I knew it was coming up, so I watched it. Okay. And I just feel like he did a great job. Joaquin Phoenix did a great job. I feel like Todd Phillips, the direction was great. I feel like the art direction in this movie was awesome. Gotham yeah. City felt wretched and filthy and kind of the way they treat, like, you know what I mean? He goes to a psychiatrist who's just kind of like, it's obviously like he gets this through, like, state assistance, mm-hmm. and it's, like, just trashy, and it all has that really awful feel to it and i think that's all great i think that it wasn't a fantastic version of one of these kind of depressing character studies but the thing that i really think is wonderful about this movie is that 
everybody I talked to loved it. And I don't think these are people who went out and watched Martin Scorsese's King of Comedy or look for these kind of really depressing slices of life kind of films, like these Midnight Cowboys and things like that, where it's just like, man, these are hard movies to watch, but they're really important ones to kind of, that's how you can kind of check your feelings and learn about humanity. And these are all things that you're like, man, maybe I'm not so fucked up right at the end of the day and the, the fact that people watched the joker and were like this is all this kind of movie is awesome makes me really really happy so it's not a bad movie by any stretch of the imagination i thought it was very good mm-hmm. but i feel like it did not live up to the hype that people were putting on it It had some crazy hype around it for sure it did for sure it absolutely did so imdb score 8.5 out of 10 look at them for imdb yeah, yeah that's a high that's score that's like 100 percent on rotten tomatoes <laughs> <It is. laughs> Tomatoes critical score 560 critics gave this a 68%, hmm. so a little lower than I anticipated. Yeah, and the audience 66,000 people gave this 88%. Wow, that's good. That's so, wild. yep, and I gave it kind of in the middle a seven out of ten. Okay, you know, that's fair. What do you think? Um, I would probably put it closer to an eight. Okay, but I really I go for movies like that, and like just the comparisons it gets to like Taxi Driver, and I love Taxi Driver. Yes. I love uh, dark, gritty realism. Yep. Um, it always has to be like in a flashback kind of movie where it's like, hey, technology's not that good. We can get away with some of the shit. Yes. <laughs> Every, that's why I'm like, the 70s, yay! yay. Kill the Irishman, yay! Yep, exactly. You can tell a, a different story and not have to think about how you would get away with things. Yes. So if you liked, yeah, Tim Dre, if you liked The Joker, definitely watch Taxi Driver. Oh, it's great. an all-timer. Watch King of Comedy. Mm-hmm. Also very good and super under the radar, even for Scorsese people. It's very good, very fun. De Niro plays the Joaquin Phoenix part, which is an all, it was one of the reasons I wanted to see this movie so bad because they cast him. Right. And I was just like, oh, they get it. Yeah. So there's a lot of cool nods to those kind of movies, and it's real good, no doubt. For sure. It's worth checking out. Yep. All right. You ready to take us on a very negative downward spiral here? It's a sad one. Yep. It's a sad one after all. Oh. This is from... 2019. This is a TV movie. Mm-hmm. And as a TV movie, I couldn't find all the information on IMDb. Okay. But it's The Last Days of Phil Hartman. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. So this is a documentary about the end of Phil Hartman's life. If you're mm-hmm. not familiar with Phil Hartman, a great comedian. Hi, uh, I'm Troy McLure. He's Troy McLure. He's, uh, what was the other one he was? Um, Lionel Hutz. Yes, attorney. And they've retired both his characters. Like, no one else can do it. Yeah, no, absolutely I think they drew him in background scenes, but that was about (sighs) it. Yeah, it's, oh my God, yeah, Lionel Hutt's so good. (laughs) Best lawyer. Best lawyer. Oh, so good. But yeah, Phil Hartman, and then he was on uh, Just Shoot Me, or News Radio. I believe you. He was on News Radio. News Radio, yeah. News Radio was the one he was on. Just great. Just great comedian, great sense of uh, timing. One of my favorite SNL performers of all time. Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. He's in there. Yep. So... I watched this on the 25th of March, which also feels like a lie. Um, (laughs) Don't have the time for it because I don't believe it was there. Mm -hmm. It is a documentary. Didn't have the director of this. Oh, interesting. Okay. So it made me wonder, was this like a series of movies? Because it's... Or was it like something they cobbled together from like, did like a multi-part special that they lumped it together? That's interesting. Yeah. And it was, but like, I didn't watch it on whatever network it aired on. I watched it on, I want to say Hulu or something. So it was presented as a movie that's cool so i was a little confused doing the research for this i'm like why can't i find any of this yeah i mean it has that you know we'll be right back after this and we'll see inside the house Mm -hmm. but uh the producer (laughs) instead of the director i got the producer was produced by maddie cunningham this is your moment you are now the new director 
You did a great job. Starring Phil and Bryn Hartman, Whoa. Annie Dick, and Chris Farley, because it's almost all archival footage. Yeah, absolutely. And Andy Dick makes sense for news radio. Yes. Andy Dick, such a weird guy in many respects. I feel bad for him after watching this. Yeah. And we'll get to why. Okay. IMDb. IMDb Movie Summary, TV movie, the story, and police footage of what happened to Phil Hartman and what led to his death in 1998. It's a good summary. It's very descriptive. It is. My bullet point, sad, in-depth description of the Hartman's marriage, which was so toxic. Ew. His wife is scary. Oh. But you know what? Like, it was, he wasn't perfect either. Right. And it was like, you know, it, it's those classic things in a marriage where it's like, ah, oh, I'm going to be late, honey. Or like, he, always, he liked going out on his boat. And like, oh, I'm going to go with the guy we're gonna go out for a few hours on the boat and it's just like the combination of that with with her also trying to be an actress right and she had a little bit of work but like nothing like him mm-hmm. and there's some jealousy and I'm sure there's so much else going on but there's a lot of substance abuse on her end especially Ugh. and it's just not great no um it's very graphic including actual police footage you hmm. see them take the bodies out on the gurney oh, wow. like it's actual footage so please be aware of that if you're going to like you know watch it with your 4 year old you idiot yeah please don't um, and the reason I feel bad for Andy Dick is because John Lovitz nearly killed Andy Dick hmm. when Phil Hartman died because he blamed Andy Dick for giving drugs to Bryn Hartman, his wife, mm. which started her back down that path. That's rough. And Andy Dick does not deny doing that. Right. He said, I was in a terrible place at the time. He goes, I'm still not in the best of places. I'm trying. Right. He goes, but I didn't know her from anyone else, any other woman in the place. She mm. just said, do you have X? He said, yes, I do. Here. Yep. And that was that. So all your actions have consequences, people. Keep that in mind. That's right. But a very good documentary, a sad one, but it was something I wanted to watch. I was interested because I don't know the whole story. And this sure. is years after. I remember when it happened, I was like floored because yeah. I'm like, now why? Why, God? Why? Yeah. Right. So. Chris Farley at him. And it's just like, why are all these people who are funny so tragic? But even like, you know, the average viewer doesn't know his wife at all. And it's like, why right. did she murder him? Yeah. Not good. No. IMDb. Uh, Gave it a... I'm leaving that in. Gave it a 7.5. I hope I left it in. I'm going to be real mad at myself when I edit it out, and then I hear myself saying it's a whole thing. Yep. (laughs) 7.5. Rotten Tomatoes do not have it at all, which is another odd thing, I guess, because it's... Like you said, this must have been a series of movies or something. Sure. Uh, I gave it a 7.5 as well. Nice. I think it's a very good documentary. It shows you all the stuff you want to see, some of the stuff you don't want to see. Talks to just about everybody from that era, Um, and it's nice to see people talking good about him, especially the news radio guys who were there with him when he passed, because he was still on news radio. Radio. Yeah. They actually wrote his character off, yep. and they did an episode. I think they killed his character off. That and makes then sense. They, then they talked about him like they would have for yeah. him, for Phil. So, yeah, it's a downer. Max, make it less of a downer. Oh, God. <laughs> Please. Well, just give the old this is a try. This is a good, you got a good movie with a negative premise. Yeah. I have a bad, bad. <laughs> 2019's The Fanatic. Mm. I watched this in January of 2020. It is one hour and 20 minutes. It is a thriller. It was directed by Fred Durst. Yes, that one. No. Didn't you watch another thing by him? This is the thing. I told you about it when I watched it. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's starting. Did you do it all for the nookie? (sighs) The nookie? Come on. The nookie? (laughs) Something about a cookie? (laughs) Uh, 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 (laughs) Starring John Travolta, Devin Sawa. Yeah. 
and Anagolia. Sure, those are people. Sure. Uh, <laughs> movie summary here. A rabid fan stalks his favorite movie star to largely negative results. It'd be great if the fan literally had rabies. <laughs> I mean, John Travolta portraying someone with rabies may have been a better performance here. I'm so sorry. <laughs> My thoughts on this movie. This movie's really negative, and it kind of hates its protagonist. It hates its antagonist. <laughs> so much so that you kind of don't know which one is actually which most of the time. <laughs> it's... You know, it would have ta- it would take, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this in the next episode. So cliffhanger for everybody. Yeah. Check out the next one. See you next week. Um, it would take a very skilled director and a really powerful screenplay or a really well thought out screenplay to kind of pull something like that off. It's okay if you're like, I'm going to remove, like, if we need to follow a serial killer through a movie, like, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to remove myself from it. A, you know, a way to do it and then just like kind of force you to watch it happen. Or you're going to figure out what made this character become what they became. Something like that. This movie doesn't did just use all of that for the like, whoa, wouldn't this be fucked up? Oh no. Wouldn't this be fucked up? No. Yeah. It's like Devin Sawa plays this kind of was popular, now is like on his way out. Like but Fred Durst? Like Fred Durst. Mm. He like. Is this a biopic? No. <laughs> he, he, like, he has a kid and he's on a, he's divorced. He doesn't want to take his kid and he's kind of like a douchebag. Uh, he did it all for the nookie. And uh, John Travolta plays the main character and he's like slightly mentally handicapped. Okay. And it's Travolta doing not a very good job of portraying this. Mm. And it's like borderline offensive. Mm. And it's like, yeah, it's real cringy. And this, he's like a super fan and that's kind of a shtick. He's a big movie guy. Mm. And it's like, you can tell he's a little off but like Devin Devin Sawa's character is really fucked up to him because he he gets he leaves in the middle of a con or a little like like signing session at a small little collectible shop and Travolta's character follows him out and around because again he doesn't really have that kind of connection and Devin Sawa's character like gets pissed off and like grabs him and pushes him up against the wall and threatens him and all this kind of stuff and then it spirals out of control from there it's like it would be really good if the film tried to make you feel some kind of way for either of these people. I understand he's trying to go for their people. They're all kind of flawed in their own unique way, but Durst never goes far enough to really kind of hang a lantern on that and the screenplay never goes far enough to really ever make you feel any conviction for either character other than these are fucking awful people this is just an awful like I don't know why you chose to tell this story but he does a point he does at a point have Devin Sawa and his son in the car listening to Limp Biscuit. Yes. and Devin Sawa talking about how awesome Limp Biscuit used to be and I'm break, not even fucking some kidding stuff tonight. I was so pissed that was when I was ready to shut off the movie wow but you still made it he dedicated I shit you not it is a full scene between Devin Sawa and his son in the car and he's like, oh man, the song used to be the shit. And it's like, I want to die. <laughs> like, I want to die. Like, I would have been better off if Fred Durst was like, if he, like, Devin saw when his son rolled up to a, like, a stoplight. And Fred, and Fred Durst, Durst was there. in the background masturbating just because he wanted to show his dick on screen. I would have <laughs> dealt with that a little bit better than what he did in that oh. moment. I was so pissed off. Oh, I'm so sorry. Watching this movie. I think it's kind of a fucking mess. And Fred Durst. Go find something you're good at. Yeah. So far, 0 for 2, you son of a bitch. <laughs> IMDb score, 4.2 out of 10. That sounds right. Rotten Tomatoes critical score, 64 critics, 17%. Yeah. Audience score, 274, 30%. <laughs> I gave this 3.5 out of 10. Wow. It's a movie <laughs> by the definition of a movie. It was committed to film, kids. And... That's it. It was up for a Razzie. Well, you got to have faith to win those. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 
Go fuck yourself, Fred Durst.